welcome to a homegrown family podcast where we grow the produce and the kids. Hey, welcome everybody to episode four. And did someone say mushrooms? I'm your podcast host, Joe Mettler, and today we're going to be talking about mushroom hunting. When I think of mushrooms, I have two different types of feelings. One, mushrooms in my food. I do enjoy mushrooms to some extent. I like them chopped up kind of small, you know, get the chunks too big. Give me a stuffed mushroom. I'm not a huge fan. But when somebody says, did someone say mushrooms and are referring to foraging or hunting, I'm all about it. So today I have my brother Lawrence, who's also a fellow forager. He'll be joining us today here to talk about how we got into mushroom hunting. Hi, Lawrence. Hello, everybody. So uh, why don't you just take a quick minute here to introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Lawrence, as Joe said. I'm his younger brother. I am the second to last. So I'm about 10 years younger than Joe. <laughs> it's been a hot minute, huh? <laughs> I think so. Um, so currently I'm in Bismarck, but I'm moving to Minnesota soon. So I'm excited to be closer to Joe and the family to enjoy some experiences such as mushroom hunting. So, Like Lawrence said, he's the second youngest. The youngest is five years younger than him. So yeah, Lawrence, he's the uh, thousand point scorer, track athlete, state of Minnesota um, competitor. So he's probably one of the more athletic ones back in the day. But he is also um, one of the fellow agriculturalists. Like I mentioned, David and I went to school for crop and weed slash horticulture. Lawrence went to school for range science. So still kind of based in the plants. So NDSU is where he also went to school. Why don't you share a quick, Lawrence, um, where you went from NDSU and kind of higher coming back full circle to Minnesota real quick. Yeah, so I went to NDSU for range science, which is work with grasslands, grazing, uh, natural resources. After college, I moved to Bismarck, Mandan, North Dakota, and I was working with an environmental company. And recently, I accepted a position with the NRCS, Natural Resource Conservation Service, as an opportunity to move closer to family since my wife and I have a young young son, so it's just nicer to get closer to both of the grandparents. So, Yeah, so we could look forward to Lawrence coming back to central Minnesota, uh, joining us over here. Uh, he'll be pretty close to my brother Michael over in that neck of the woods. So, I believe I first got into mushroom hunting or foraging. Um, it was either the spring of 2017 or the spring of 2018. I had moved back from Alaska and temporarily living at my parents' farm again there for a little bit. And uh, my neighbor, or our neighbor, Joel, who we have mentioned in this podcast before, as living on my mom's mother's or previous farmstead. So that's where Joel resides. And one day he came over or maybe he gave me a call or text. I'm not really sure. But um, he asked me if I wanted to go around his pasture looking for morel mushrooms. And... I don't know, the idea of finding mushrooms is really enticing, I guess. Maybe cooking them not so much, perhaps. But I was pretty excited to go over there and to find these morel mushrooms. And so we went out there. And I guess it's a clarifier for anybody new to mushroom hunting that the first time you go out searching for morel mushrooms, if you don't have spots that you kind of know where they're at, you may not get very lucky and find a whole lot. But anyways... Joel had some spots on his pasture farm area that he knew had morel mushrooms. And so it was just a matter of 
hitting the right timing of the year for him to find them. Or if they're there at all that year, you'll know. So we went out there with a a bag and usually you don't want to grab you don't want to grab a sack that, you know, um, will retain moisture or anything like that. Sometimes a paper bag might be well, or like kind of as they give him to you in the store that way. But um, Joel told me that if you want to collect mushrooms, you should really have like a mesh bag. So it'll allow the spores to kill, still kind of fall to the ground if there's some spores left in the mushrooms. So as you're walking around, you're kind of spreading your spores, you know. And I'm not sure if the mushrooms were to the point where they're producing spores, but that was kind of the theory behind the bag that we chose is that just in case if they were a little bit on the more ripe side that they'd be spreading their spores. Anyway, so we're out in the pastures, you know, my, my grandpa's old stomping grounds there and trying to find these mushrooms. And as we were walking around the pasture, we were looking for these, these wooded areas kind of that were somewhat open. So they weren't so densely wooded, but it kind of had some nice grass kind of understory is kind of where we were looking at. And yeah, we must have walked home that day with, you know, 12 to 15 different mushrooms, um, morel mushrooms. And so that was pretty cool. It was my first experience into morel mushrooms. And we bought some home, cleaned them up a little bit, and uh, basically just soaked them in some vinegar water, getting rid of any bugs or insects that might be inside the mushroom, letting them float to the top, and then rinsing out the mushrooms. And I think we grilled them up and put them on some on some top of some burgers. So that was really tasty and delicious. But Lawrence wasn't with me, so... Um, I think it was the following year that Lawrence um, was still at the home, the farm place there. And I went back and I just wanted to try to find mushrooms on the farmstead. You know, so we want to go walk around the woods and find the mushrooms. And so for some reason, Lawrence, you decided to come with. It's kind of like a scavenger hunt. So I thought it'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Lawrence likes a challenge. I mentioned before that dad has about 460 acres, you know, Probably half or a little bit less than half that's wooded. So we had a lot of area that we could walk and check. And so many of you are wondering, well, how do you determine where to go look? So it sounds like mushrooms in general have different trees and different plants they have symbiotic relationships with. Neighbor Joel was telling us when we're walking through our woods that typically people would find, at least in the central Minnesota region, morel mushrooms by... Dead elm trees or ash trees? Oftentimes, I guess, when they're, they're dead, they're kind of wherever that, that log had laid, right, over time. It's kind of close to that area or around the base of the trees, right, where the roots kind of come out. As the elm tree is dying, it's still maybe upright. I found that the upright ones that are kind of starting to rot along the roots and where the roots go is where you'll find the more mushrooms. If the tree is already toppled over, it might be a little bit too late to find them, it seems like. So that's that symbiotic relationship once the elm tree is too far gone you may not find the morel mushrooms either and as i recall joe i don't know if you found too many morel mushrooms on our farm yet i think (laughs) i think i've been the only one to find them out there you found other mushrooms but i don't think you found any morels yet (laughs) no i haven't so we have that little uh two acre orchard slash vineyard area um at our farm and just to the west of there, we were able to find a patch. And I, th- I think Lawrence did, was the one who found the patch. And that's kind of like our indicator spot. We go back there every time to go look to see if they're there yet or not. And if they're not, then it doesn't really pay to go look a whole lot of other places. Whereas if it's, they are there right away, then we know it's time to start looking some more. So we haven't located too many other spots yet. But uh, I've, I have found a couple of other mushrooms on the farm. So another common one that we find is... 
pheasant's back, I believe it's called. And that's kind of the ones that actually grow. It grows on the log of the tree. I'm not sure if I really noticed what types of trees they were, but usually a little bit more decaying. They're not usually on live trees too much. find them a lot on stuff that's laying down. Um, but they're pretty easily identified. And I'll show some pictures or send some pictures to the show notes. You guys can take a look at those. Um, so that those have been really good to find. Um, the problem is they're usually a little bit after or before the morel mushrooms, I've kind of noticed. Like Once we're out there and we're finding our morel mushrooms on the farm, the pheasant backs are almost like too big or too far gone. So as a general rule, if it's kind of bigger than your fist, the pheasant back's probably too far gone. It might be a little bit hard, and it's just not very tasty at that point. But I have found some that are like, you know, twice the size of my fist. They've been really soft yet. And so it kind of all just depends on the softness and the firmness of that mushroom. And as you kind of go and try it, you'll know from experience there on after, you know, when it's a good time to actually cut those up and, and harvest those. What do you usually use the pheasant back mushrooms for, Joe, as far as cooking and eating? Yeah, you no, know, that's a good one that I've kind of just cubed up, you know, because it's really, it's not really like spindly or anything like that. So I, I usually just cube them up and toss some saute them a little bit, a little bit of sauce, a little bit of vinegar, and then I'll put them on a, on a burger or something like that. It's usually what I've done. So, or like on a hot dog, put a little sprinkle of a little bit of mushrooms, you know, on the hot dog or whatever. So another mushroom that I know we have on the farm that I haven't looked for yet after, you know, getting into the mindset of foraging for mushrooms is, uh, well, I think we just call them puff balls. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can, the puff balls, I remember younger, just, you know, you'd find one in the fall and you'd just kick it because, of, you know, it would just all the powder the spores would just spray out it load yeah yeah and uh i heard that you know in the it probably in the spring or maybe into june but when you pick them and you cut them you got to make sure it's just all firm no powder mm-hmm. if it's a little yellow it's a little it's probably too far gone it just has to be all white in the center and i think people i've seen recipes for like pizza crusts and stuff with those i have heard from some of my foraging friends that those puffballs are actually really good and really tasty yeah you can just almost cut them up into a steak and then yeah use them as like a little pizza platter kind of thing and put your sauce on top and your other meats or whatever you want to do but yeah i heard those those are really tasty so i mentioned i don't really like the texture of mushrooms but that's more like your portobello stuff that you get in the store For some reason you know i taste the morel mushrooms grill them up a little bit they just taste better and maybe it's just because i found them myself (laughs) but um i do enjoy eating the mushrooms that i I found and um last year oh man i found like the primo mushroom for like our area that's not really super easy to find or not really prevalent in central minnesota and that was a, a white oyster mushroom and i was pretty stoked about it and usually i send a picture to my friend of mine that i know and and she tell me, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you can eat that one. You got to be careful. Know your stuff. Know a friend. Can't eat everything you pick up. But um, so we found these mushrooms and I was super stoked about it. And she reminded me, you know, hey, just soak them in some vinegar water or something. Make sure any of the critter crawlies and things can come out if there are any. And um, and this mushroom looked pristine, though. So I was like, man, I don't even know if I want to wash this. But you know what? I'm going to toss it in some vinegar water here and see what happens. And my wife Nora goes over there a little bit later and says, Joe, why are these little black dots moving around in the mushroom? I'm like, what? And I go and I take one out and I'm like, I see these little black heads moving. And 
there were little maggots in my mushrooms and they were everywhere. And once it soaked a little bit, you kind of see all these little tunnels where they're burrowing to get out. And I don't know if they hatched between when I picked the mushroom or when I soaked it, but we were super disappointed and didn't get to eat that one. But I was told that those mushrooms will grow back in the same spot. So I'm pretty stoked to go check that out. And I think they come in a little bit earlier than the morels. So I need to get dad to go take a look out there this weekend. So Lawrence, you mentioned something about uh tracker that you can use to like are we in prime mushroom hunting time for morel mushrooms right now uh well i was looking around outside yesterday and obviously mushrooms they like to grow in more humid climates they need moisture they need heat and it's just too dry right now uh under the leaves and everything in the park it was just just bone dry it seemed like but like I said earlier, usually mid-May in central Minnesota would be about the right time. So we're we're coming up on the right time. We just need some rain and then yeah. some humidity, some some heat, because we haven't had the warmest <laughs> spring yet. That's no, one thing that's been been uh, lacking, which I was really hoping would be a good year for mushrooms because of the moisture we had this winter for snow melt. But I don't think it's exactly the right time yet. I think we're supposed to get some rain the next week here. And I think we'll be good to go to look out for some mushrooms. Yeah, well, over in eastern North Dakota here around Fargo and western Minnesota, we're getting some rain today. So um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about walking around your woods, with this rain this weekend, early next week, you might get some popping, I think. Um, if not early in the week, for surely by next weekend or Mother's, Mother's Day weekend, you know. So I think that's when we're going to be looking is over Mother's Day weekend and uh, get, some, get some good luck on our side. So. And there is a website that has a, a map. If you're looking for morel mushrooms, the thegreatmorel.com, there's a map on there, and there's a way to submit sightings of, you know, when you find a morel. Say, hey, I found some, and you can put a pinpoint, and it kind of, you can look at it, and you can see the line go up from, you know, Iowa up to Minnesota, and be like, all right, they're finding them in Iowa. It'll be soon. Once we start getting warm enough, It'll be popping up soon. So there's yeah. a couple in southern Minnesota, but not quite in central Minnesota yet. Yeah. So if you are listening and you're from southern Minnesota, get out there this weekend after the rain. Probably coming up. They're coming and they're on their way. Looking forward to it. Um, I'll keep an eye out for some of those other mushrooms and things. Um, I do recall, Lawrence, you got a you got like a mushroom book of some sorts for Christmas this past year. You have you found that to be a very useful resource for you? Yeah, for for a starting guide, because I'm just getting into this sort of thing, um, just kind of knowing the background of how mushroom foraging started and that type of thing, and what kind of uh, tools, what you should wear, and what all that type of stuff is, is good to know. I know you mentioned earlier about the bag, that you guys use the mesh bag. That's good, because... I've learned that if you use a plastic bag, the mushrooms sweat in plastic and it kind of uh, decays them faster. So don't use a plastic bag if you want to preserve your mushrooms. Use a mesh, cloth, um, wax paper, something like that. Don't use plastic. So just a, it's very helpful for little tips to, to know. And don't be discouraged if you don't find anything. Um, it uh... Sometimes even though you know they're there on that tree, for example, when we were out there with Joel, we were out there looking around this tree. And he's like, this is a tree. I know it is. This is the one that it is. And, oh, maybe they're just not here yet. 
you know, look and look and look, and all of a sudden, like, boom, you pop, you'll see one. Next thing you know, there's one, and there's one, and there's one. Once you get your eyes acclimated to it, kind of like anything when it comes to hunting or scouting for animals and things too, even that you'll get you'll get an eye for it and you'll figure it out. Especially when you're looking for mushrooms on the ground, because they seem like they're more camouflaged than you know your pheasant back that's on the tree, or even even the puffball, because I usually find that or have seen that in pastures, you know, with green grass. So it's it's a little different. But when there's leaves and it's wooded and there's mushrooms on the ground, it just seems like it's harder to spot them. And they're not, you know, bright orange. Like if you, anybody hasn't seen morel mushrooms, they're basically like a little miniature brain that's like skin colored. And so to find it on like brown dead grass that hasn't grown yet much this spring, it's kind of hard sometimes. So once the green grass comes up, they almost kind of stick out just a little bit more. So, but yeah, looking forward to doing that this weekend. Um, I also had another surprise find this weekend, and that was as I was driving around town here, I saw a garden center called Hollins that relocated from Minnesota side of the, of the, the Red River to the Fargo side. And I went there and picked up some str- different uh, plants and raspberries and things. And I was very excited about it and the presence there. I kind of just kind of happened upon it. But it was a very good place. They're very helpful, um, knowledgeable individuals. So a little shout out to those guys who just opened up this week. So go check them out. Um, and yeah, have a good time. But anyways, yeah. Is there anything else, Lawrence, you got for us? Uh, yeah, I just want to quick disclaimer, as, as Joe mentioned on before, there are poisonous mushrooms. So make sure you do your your research. There are false morels as well. So um, make sure you look up the difference between false morels and morels. Yeah, I just want to make sure everybody is safe. You're always supposed to keep one mushroom intact when you collect mushrooms. So you have an idea if you do get sick, bring it to the emergency room or whatever to be, this is what I ate. Or, you know, just to just to have a comparison to what you had intact before you started cooking stuff. Like I said, always find a friend or be very confident in your decisions. So good luck to all of you guys who are out there who are going to be foraging in the woods watch out for the wood ticks i'm sure they're out so anyways yeah till next time thank you everybody thank you for having me see ya (laughs) see ya (laughs) 